Welcome to another episode of Bringing Down the Grindhouse, and today we're talking about demon dicks and teeth's vaginas. How's it going, John? <laughs> it's going well. Uh, I, it seems I accidentally chose two movies that have a phallic reference and a movie that's about a vagina, so I don't know. I don't know what that says about me personally, but... <laughs> I think it, you're lonely. Well... That's what it means, right? Right, exactly. very lonely. You hear that, ladies? John's lonely. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not lonely. Oh, apparently. Or apparently <laughs> he's not. Don't believe him. Don't believe so, him. So before we get into the episode, I'm really, really happy to announce that the podcast is now available on iTunes, on Spotify, and on Google Play Music, in addition to already being on YouTube as well as SoundCloud. So you can now access it anywhere, pick up your phone, search Bringing Down the Grindhouse, and you'll be able to find us and listen to the three episodes that we currently have up. And there's also an Instagram. Yes, thank you. And a Facebook page. Shit, I totally... So if you are also in the social media game, right? you probably know what those are. Message us, give us requests, recommendations, tell me I'm laughing way too loud on the podcast and then I need to lower it down. Any one of these things, we want some communication. Absolutely. I love criticism. Constructive criticism is a thing that I'm a fan of. I'm, I want to get to the level where I start getting some hate mail from people. Dude, yes. Oh my God. I can't, I can't wait. I, oh, it's going to be so. I mean, I think I'm going to be a little hurt. Really? Maybe a little bit. Just a little bit. I'm sensitive. <laughs> you can't be sensitive if you're going to do entertainment. Fuck. Well, I mean, I guess you can, and then you join the 27 Club, but that's a whole different thing. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was terrible. But. Before we get into that, you said you had a question for me. Oh, yeah. Uh, when was the last time you jumped into a ball pit? Fuck. Oh, my I was God. thinking about that today. A friend of mine like put that up, and I was like, I wonder. That caught me so off guard. I don't even remember. Uh, probably. Do you remember when uh, the Family Fun Center was a thing? Yeah. With, yeah. Uh, with Rocky and Bullwinkle and the shit fa- like all that? All right, the Family Fun Center. The one, and, uh, the, the specific one we know, which it was, was like in, when it was Rocky and Bullwinkles yes. before, and it had the uh, the whatever that giant like play thing was. It was where Boomers is now. I remember that. I never got yeah. to actually go inside that thing. That was the last time I jumped in a ball pit because there was this like area where you could climb. A, it was like a um, like a ladder, or not a ladder. What's a monkey bars? It was the monkey bars, and it was over a ball pit. And so if you fell, you would fall into the ball pit. Awesome. And of course you'd fall into it purposefully. Like you weren't yeah. just like, Oh yeah. no. Yeah. Oh yeah. I don't like, you're like, I don't want to go in the right. ball pit. Oh, avoid that. Uh, so uncomfortable to be in a ball pit. You know, as an adult though, I have to say the idea of a ball pit sounds terrible now because of just how much dirt and germs and everything. That's I, in there. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Like they, so it's even worse now that they have it for adults because they have them in like bars and shit. So now you have like drunk, sweaty people who might throw up jumping into ball pits and then maybe not telling someone okay it's like the kid that peed yes, in the pool exactly but for the bar ball pit at the bar yes the guy that puked in the ball pit at the bar is the same as the person who pooped or peed inside the pool and said nothing yes i don't want that problem it's terrifying right i don't it's, want that problem in the ball pit yeah. maybe it's better to not have ball pits well i wouldn't say that but if you can keep them clean that's totally worth it yeah but maybe but you know what they're doing now instead of ball pits they're having those like uh those foam parties what are foam? What foam? So you don't know what a foam party no, is? No, what the oh fuck my God. is a foam So party? we're going to take a, a brief moment to rant even more because we haven't gotten into the episode. But a foam party is when you go to like a bar, a club. Mostly clubs do this because they love destroying their venue. But <laughs> the fucking, what they do is they pump in like soap bubbles 
into the area that you're in to create this large foamed area and you're like in bathing suits basically really what it turns into is you being drunk almost half naked in an area that's way too slippery and that's what your foam party is but people love that shit this almost sounds worse than the ball pit like it's it's the ball pit terrible. carries like a 10 percent risk that someone right. was a piece of shit yeah but the ball but the the but the suds yeah i don't and know it's fucking awful it sounds like entertain like i would have fun right. doing that but see that's what i thought I, I when know. i got invited to one and uh i went to the i went to one in vegas which is like the epitome of them doing them because they have like a like a specialized area for it and you go in and you're like this is no big deal it's fine and then after like an hour or so of you just being consistently wet and like you can't do anything about washing it off of you it's not fun you start getting the like grime the soap grime all over you and then like everyone is like slipping and sliding near you and you're like someone just touched me maybe it was a dick maybe it was something else i don't know and it was just terrible mystery dick right it's like <laughs> just random people i can only imagine how terrible it was for people who are wearing like bikinis and stuff where it's like they're barely staying on they're like trying to keep it on and it's just not working out for them so definitely meant to uh get people naked i think is what those are for but how did we get here we got there from ball pits well i mean well well you know what? we did we, well we ended on mystery dick Right. So we can go from dick to phallus and then segue into feast. There you go. That's so what it is. Talk about this movie, John. What was feast? What is what's the deal with this movie? All right. So feast, we're talking about the film from 2005 and like the way they categorize films, right? At least like on some of the main sites. This one is categorized under an American horror comedy film. So horror comedy. It's definitely a horror comedy. And I agree. It's definitely a horror comedy because it doesn't take itself too seriously. Definitely, I would say, like, more in the B realm, like B-list kind of movie. Oh, very, very B. Or they, they're really campy and they make fun of the whole idea. They're very self-aware of much like, you know, Piranha 3D is self-aware. Right. Much like Sharknado is also self-aware. And I haven't even seen that one. I just imagine it's like that. Which one? Sharknado. I have not seen Sharknado. You, it's It's worth a watch only because it's so outrageous. But it's not really horror, I don't think. Maybe. No, not I mean, really. well, uh, that depends. Kinda. That would be like, do you label Jaws horror? Yeah, we, we talked about this, I think. Yeah, yeah definitely. Then, then it can totally be. I mean, we'll do, that's another podcast idea is Jaws right. horror. Well, Jaws, Jaws was multiple things. It was horror, and then it was also, it was considered to be like the first blockbuster film. Ah, that's that. I do forget about that yeah, important fact. Just because it like, before before Jaws had come out, uh, movie studios had no concept of like releasing movies during the summer or like set like slating movies to get released during a certain time period and that they would just dominate during a certain time. And so when Jaws came out, people were legitimately terrified of the ocean and of sharks so much that it became like a really good hit and it became the first of many like blockbusters that Spielberg kind of set up. And then he just kept doing it over and over again. We're like his movies after that were all fucking blockbusters. Like didn't he do what was it? Indiana Jones. After that, then it ended up being blockbusters as well. But anyway, where was I going with this? So, Feast. Back to Feast. Well, okay. so It's a horror comedy. It's a horror comedy. The only other one I can think of like immediately is Krampus. Krampus is pretty funny. That's Which pretty was, ridiculous. We saw that movie together, actually. Yes, we did. We did. No, that was a good one. That was a I really, thought that had, really I had a lot of... Movie. I even liked the ending. Right. The ending of Krampus is good, but we should avoid Krampus and continue with our dissection of we'll Feast. Get, we'll do one on Krampus when Christmas comes around. How about that? Feast? Uh, yes. Christmas right? time. Yeah, exactly. Wait, Christmas time, yes. So so Feast is a horror comedy, and it focuses in on a group of people who are all at a bar at first, just kind of 
enjoying their time. It's out in the middle of nowhere. I don't think it actually gives a place now that I think about it. Um, I was double checking to see if maybe they had like a certain location that they were at. But anyway, the point is they were out in the middle of nowhere and all of these weird ragtag people are just having a good time at a bar. And then this dude just busts into the door screaming about some crazy monster and he's got a monster head in his hand. And that's just how the movie starts. <laughs> it, it's pretty it's pretty great. I also thought it was pretty funny how the um, self-proclaimed by the movie yes. hero yep. is uh, is killed in like the first five minutes of him showing up saying he's going to save everyone. Yep. Oh, yeah. He comes in. It like stops the whole movie, does a freeze frame, brings up like the hero title. And then people are like, who the fuck are you? And he's like, I'm the guy that's going to save your ass. And then he gets decapitated like, I don't know, a minute later because yep. a monster reaches through the fucking window and like pulls him. And then uh, and then his wife shows up. Yes. His wife shows mm-hmm. up, mourns the loss of her husband. And then like it freeze frames again. And it's like hero number two. And then I think it says something like, uh, let's see how she fares. Yeah. And then they continue to do this. So you get that moment of freeze frame kind of like a. Uh, do you remember in Glorious Bastards? Yeah, Glorious Bastards just did it. Uh, Borderlands is also like that with its bosses and stuff. Yes, which is I, I love all that. And actually, actually, you know, it does it in the opening credits for those too. It just goes like Axel and Yep Maya. And oh yeah, for stuff. the main characters. Yeah. yeah, it does that for the main characters and the bosses. But, I still remember uh, the first boss from yeah. Borderlands too, the one that's on the boat. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. Just because like I isn't seen it what him. Flint? Yeah. Yeah. Because you guy. get you get like his pistol. Mm-hmm. That's like the main part. I kept, I went through that so many times that I was like, I'm tired of seeing this guy. Yeah. Cause I wanted to try out the characters. So I was like, mm-hmm. I would go to that point and then restart and do something else. Mm-hmm. But it's funny to me that the movie decided to introduce their narrative this way. So they're already wanting you to not take it too seriously where they're like, you're going to, this is going to be a ride. We're going to take you on a good ride for this. And it's not meant to be too serious. Yeah. And Henry Rollins is in it. And he right. thinks that he can act, and it's a whole thing that you know he does. He does okay. He's all right. He's yeah, I, I guess he, he does, does his own. He does the same kind of acting that like Dave Bautista does in in uh, what is it, Guardians of the Galaxy? Although uh, describe that for me, John. What do you mean? So like in Guardians of the Galaxy, so Dave Bautista just by himself, he does not act. He he's like he just does like deadpan humor really well. And it's only because he doesn't know how to like give any expression to his lines. So it just worked out for him. But 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 Guardians of the Galaxy was unique because it's sort of he ended up being a, a sort of like hero for autistic people. So in a way, it was very positive that people like identified with him because he didn't get sarcasm in the movie where like I think one character is like, oh, well, that went right over your head. He takes everything very literally. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He takes it all literally. And so in some ways, people felt like it was representation for people who had some form of autism and were like kind of working their way around. I don't that. think that would be intentional either. I feel like it was yeah. just sort of like a it it was coincidental that people latch on to that idea like that ideology and whatnot. Yeah, exactly. But the, it, I also yeah. do not want to claim to know, you know, how the autism spectrum functions for everybody because it's very different. It's very, very different. I've right. seen I've seen I have met people in all different, you know, levels from of the of on the spectrum and whatnot. Oh, same. So. Yeah. And like one of my friends uh, who has autism was like, he was, he, he was a bit confused. He was like, uh, I guess people just, they found something they liked and they held on to it. Um, and so, but, but in Henry Rollins case, I think he just sucks at acting. 
that might be it. Yeah, and, he's just not. He's just yeah. not. He's yeah. well known, is what it is. It's more or less. Yeah, exactly. I think it's more or less his like the reason why he's in this movie is probably a reason to watch the movie. Wasn't there like wasn't there like a porn star that showed up in the Final Girls, or am I thinking of another movie? I don't know. There's a horror movie where a porn star shows up, and you just want like you have no idea why she showed up in the movie. I have to figure out what movie that is, and I'll put it in the description. Yeah, but, definitely. But that's something that I thought of immediately. Where they, I feel like they chose some people that were like you would know who they are, or at least you recognize them. And he was one of those people that just got dropped into the movie. But even so, this movie was it starts you off not so serious and i think that was a cool way to start the narrative because you already know you like it sets the tone for the movie you already know you're in for a splatter fest right which it ends up being like exactly like every every single person that died is a gallon of corn syrup all over the room they just take a bucket and throw it all over the place (laughs) and then also just explode every aspect every single part of this bar is going to explode in wooden shrapnel all over the place and what did you think about them using like goblin sized monsters? Like, it was pretty funny. Little well, little goblin. Maybe, I yeah. mean I mean I mean they were also really fast. Right. Fast little like goblin demon creatures that are just I, I don't know, like I don't know, they're very strange. Very I strange. I feel like it was a weird choice to use that size of monster because all it makes me think of is like when you play like role-playing games and you end up running into goblins who are just mischievous they're not like yeah they're not really dangerous but in this case they were really dangerous they yeah. were like cutting off people's legs yeah they were just they would just run by and then a leg falls off right and then and then they were also just i don't know why they, they were abnormally horny yeah or something abnormally violently sexual i don't know what their what their deal is with that totally they um, had they had one of them like humping the like deer head that was on the oh, wall. Oh, that's right. No, they does do that. Yeah. Right. No, I guess it's not. I guess the face fucking scene isn't too weird then. I mean. Because it's, it's kind of in the character of the goblins, but it still felt out of place, I suppose. I felt like it was super out of place, and we'll totally get to it in just a sec. Fair warning, in this movie, uh, a goblin-sized monster decides that he wants to, uh, I don't know, forcefully put his penis inside one of the female characters mouths who's like dead i think is she no dead? she's alive she, does she die after that i think so i think so, so. It, like, I think she gets, last, she gets dragged away yeah she gets dragged away yeah i think she i don't i don't remember if it she was gets dragged just, away or not it was the only bit of the movie i watched where i was like oh man i didn't really i don't get why this happened and then like it took me away from enjoying the like absurdness of the movie yeah because it went too absurd well, it was like they it was just, like this is so absurd that I now cannot enjoy it. They they went from like it being kind of a funny thing that like these horny little goblins were like bugging people to like oh damn you just went straight to assault and then like and then went back to trying to joke after that like I feel like the writers were probably like yeah this will be funny and put it in and then it, it didn't work out for like everyone but they just kept it because it's it's so yeah. like obscene. I mean, all, this movie never saw theaters. I don't no, think. I think it went straight to DVD. So yeah. if that's the case, they released the unrated version of it. So I don't know. Maybe there was like a different version they pitched that didn't do very well. So they were like, we'll just sell the unrated. Well, check this out. The budget the budget was $3.2 What the fuck? $3.2 The box office earnings was 658000 They lost so much money that's making this movie. ridiculous. So I can see why they were like, we're going to trash the fuck out of this movie and not like ever mention it again. Yeah. But the reason, the reason I chose it was because I remember being recommended the movie and thinking it was just so absurd. 
but for them to be using that breaking of the fourth wall to me was funny and then they made fun of the character tropes that you usually see in horror films i love that like the dumb like the dumb slutty girl quote unquote right is the one that like she's supposed to save all of them and she gets in like the big semi outside and instead of actually saving them she just dips and leaves when normally she would have died and so they totally like like uh what is it what's the word for it they um they like break conventions yeah they break exactly yeah they break the conventions of it um, they totally allow for characters to like do different things. And I think this is why I appreciated it. They let these characters sort of, uh, not do your typical horror movie things, which was like, try to go back and save them. And then she gets killed in the process yeah, while maintaining the flavor of those splatter movies and whatnot right. still, uh, honestly, the, uh, the production value of this movie was amazing. And I guarantee you that's where a majority of their money went into because exactly. the monsters are designed really well. Uh, the blood and stuff looks really good. Special effects are all pretty fun. I remember just being like overwhelmed with the amount of stuff exploding on the screen, like every other scene. And then there's also like like just the yeah, just weird like. And then there's the demon dick that gets stuck in the door, whole deal. And I don't know anymore, John. It was just a. It was definitely a very like topsy turvy movie. I do like at the end of the movie how the car stalls when they're leaving. Right. Well, it stalls at the other like, about to leave with it and it stalls and then they stop for a bit <laughs> and then the credits roll after they start rolling. It's pretty funny. Well, what's interesting is that uh they decided to have uh a sex scene with that couple in the movie when they like go upstairs, which was also like a so like it's a thing they decide so you get to see this in most horror films, right? Like there's always like somebody who wants to go and have sex somewhere. And so I felt like it was totally like a nod over to old slasher films where they would do this constantly. And then one of them or both of them would get killed. Did you ever watch? Um, I think it was the new Friday the 13th movie. I, keep, I did not see that one. I no, keep I mentioning this in every podcast. I think I've mentioned it in every podcast. Since. I'm going to have to go watch it. Now. But it's only because it had such crazy scenes. Like there's one scene. It's a couple having sex and they like just finish having sex and the dude of course is like a douchebag where he's she's like wanting to cuddle with him and he's like don't fucking touch me like you know go take a shower or something like that and then jason shows up stabs him a whole bunch of times and then folds the bed in half with him in it he gets folded in half in this movie and it's just so fucking outrageous you're like what the fuck just happened like first of all how did this bed fold like this but even more so, the dude, he folds in half with his stomach facing down. So his, like, legs come up and touch his head. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then his girlfriend, I think, is in the shower at that point, And she comes out and sees him, like, stuck like that. And that's, like, the beginning of the film. And so it had the same absurdness where you get to see them play out these really crazy, like, almost gonzo-style violence. Uh, you know what's another good movie? Have you seen Mandy? No. It's uh so all you need to know about it is that it has Nicolas Cage in it. His wife gets killed and he gets revenge. That's the whole movie. All right, cool. Dig it. But it's extremely violent and visually is so visually aesthetically pleasing to watch. It's like one of the best horror films I've seen in a while and nobody talks about it. We should talk about it next time. Actually, now that I think about it, I'd, I I want to mention that one and like another one, but I'll get to that later. Yes. So what the fuck happens after so they, the little monster tries to hump the deer on there. He gets shot, drops into the freezer, and they lock it in there. And then 
the couple goes upstairs, right? What happens after that? Is this when they try to escape? I think it's where somebody shoots a gun upstairs and almost like hits the couple right. upstairs. And it's like the bar owner and like the mom who lives there, I think. And she hides her son in the closet with earmuffs. Yep. Oh, it's, it's shit, super that's weird. Right. It's super, it's super silly and wrong. And the kid like dies instantly. I don't remember that. What he gets subbed into it. He just stepped into a closet and then he just gets eaten or something along those lines. I don't remember the kid. The kid does not survive though. I'm very, very sure of that. So I also, no, 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 no. The kid gets eaten. Right. He does. No, I just, I know he gets eaten. That's I remember that it was really significant that a child died in this movie, that they killed (laughs) a child on screen. This reminds me of like that website where you get to find out if a dog dies in the movie or not. I think yeah, it's I think it, the it's, website is called like does the dog die and you can type in like any movie that has a dog in it. Is there one that's like does the kid die? You know what there might be. I wonder. We I'm, should look it up. I think we'll start that. Right? The, we'll start, the kid, I'm going to start Does the kid die? <laughs> and well, if it's yes we'll put a bunch of like party hats on it and stuff or, Yes it does. Oh god, oh, that's, that's no. terrible. That was, <laughs> I can't tell if that was a joke because of like cuz like kids birthday parties have little hats. So it was like a double morbid joke on top of another is what that was which is kind of i shouldn't be laughing we'll as much as i will right <laughs> i'm sure there's a website and if there is we'll link it because that's too funny am i a serial killer in real life nah you sure maybe i'm only half sure which okay. is the scary part we'll never know <laughs> if i don't show up for any more of these podcasts you know why <laughs> but i wanted to point out that the people in the movie, uh, their credits for their names are hilarious. So you have Honey Pie, Coach, Boss Man, Bartender, Beer Guy, Grandma, Edgy Cat himself, Harley Mom, Chris as Vet, Dane as Hero, and Jones as Cody. So they didn't even bother naming most of these people. No. They They're just like your typical tropes, archetype characters that they dropped in, which is like, I can't tell if they did it on purpose or if this was sort of like their plan to just make I think it. it was, I, think, I think it was on purpose. And I think that probably like stuff like this just isn't that popular. It just isn't that popular. Stuff like this that purposely makes fun of the genres and whatnot. Yeah. So I guarantee you this would be more along the lines of like a cult movie that people would be. Oh, yeah. Like that's what it was trying to go for. It was trying to appeal to a cult audience. I don't think they knew they were how much money they were going to make off of it. Making $600,000 is you still lost a lot. But that's in still comparison? a sizable amount though. In comparison to $3 million, though. Oh, it's three million. I three, thought it was three a million. million. I thought it was one million. Three, three million, million. Three million was the budget. Okay, never mind. That's filth. That's absolutely like that. That is a complete bomb. That's a lot of. That's a lot of sales in China. I don't that's know. A lot of sales in right? China. Like, so, like they had to like be like extra releases worldwide. That's like a global box office. Like, oh yeah, it's probably why it's like when those movies come out and they don't do well, so they get released immediately on yeah, DVD. Yeah, exactly. And they just show up as bootlegs everywhere. Like, yeah, I got feast, and they right. just show up all over the place that you go and you. Oh, man. Well, this movie, let's see. It has a 43% on uh, Metacritic and 56% on Rotten Tomatoes. Not terrible for Rotten Tomatoes, 56%. You That's know, it's no, like, Battlefield Earth that has, like, 3%. Ooh. 
You remember that movie with John yeah, Travolta? I never. I watched like I couldn't sit through all of it because it's terrible. I'm gonna go off on a tangent because I have a great story about Battlefield. Oh right. So when Blockbuster was still a thing, mm-hmm. and you could walk into Blockbuster, I'm gonna mention Blockbuster in every single episode, and I don't give a fuck if you don't like it. But Blockbuster was a thing when I was a kid when Battlefield Earth came out, and my dad used to take me. Or either my dad or my mom would take me to Blockbuster, and I'd get to choose one off the wall, right? And one of the ones I wanted to watch was Battlefield Earth, and my dad did not want to watch it. And he was convinced that it was going to be a terrible movie because he hates John Travolta in in certain movies, not all of them. And he was like, no, we need to watch something else. And I harassed and bugged him for like 20 minutes to get this movie. We get home, and we start watching it, and it's the worst fucking movie we've ever seen. It's still the worst movie I've ever seen to date. Like, it is so, so bad. I just didn't finish it. And like, just like got yeah, to like 15 minutes in. I was like, out. I'm done. Nope. We watched like 20 minutes of it and then stopped. And then we went to go watch other things. Although he was he was a little irresponsible because he let me watch uh, Ninja Scrolls when I was really young. That's a good anime. It's a really good anime. Good but anime. like a dude gets his arms ripped off in the first scene. And like he like drinks his blood and then scoops up yep. the girl to go like assault her somewhere else. Like that's not a good movie to watch when you're like 11. Oh. So good. <laughs> Such a good. And then like, oh, but Jubei's dope. Anyway, anyway. Right. Yeah. I digress and wanted to qu- wanted to comment on that because uh it quickly became a cult film, cult classic. Uh just because that happens with movies sometimes. Although I have to say that I don't think it's too deserving of its cult status. Like I What think, feast? Yeah, I think it's no. like it's good and like it's funny to watch like a one time through. But it's probably not good to watch like three or four times over. Yeah, it's you're gonna it's gonna get old really fast because it's just kind of like you know it's all stuff that's going to shock you. You'll be shocked when right. that first hero dies, when the savior guy dies, and whatnot. You'll yeah. you'll be shocked by that at first, and then it's not shocking because you're you already know what's happening. Right. Because it's a lot of it's like it's like a, like they're like cheap thrills. You know what I mean? It's not like like I could go back and watch the final girls again, and I would actually enjoy watching that movie again. Yeah. And just for just for watching the scene for the daughter and the mother and all of that interaction with the two of them, oh is yeah, totally, just, is just a good part of that movie. And so that's something that I would stay for. Whereas Feast doesn't have anything I stay for. That's fair. I think I chose. I think I chose Feast to include in the discussion because, well, one, it sits opposite Teeth, the movie that we're the other movie we're going to talk about. As in, like one is very like phallic centered and they wanted to make the characters aggressive in that way there's a lot of dumb guys in fees who want to like be the one in charge there's a dude literally named yeah. boss man no that's that's true like i this dichotomy just like clued in when i showed up today right so i was and i and it's actually very very clever and i like it a lot i actually it's, <laughs> it's very very interesting because like yeah feast is definitely like I, I would say it's incredibly phallically driven right or at least like it's like in like a masculine sense like every single character even the chicks are really masculine yeah like even like <laughs> yeah they broke convention by wanting to be like the ones in charge and like getting yeah. things done and then uh and i like, ch- i chose it a lot because um because of that specific point that a lot of these movies end up being sort of like masculine male driven movies especially in regards to like how they made slasher films and like movie monsters where they're usually going to be like these masculine kind of things with the exception of like i don't know like a demoness or like a succubus or something like that yeah aka like jennifer's body but mm-hmm. like stuff like that that's like i think the main reason i wanted to talk about it you know was a, oh you know it was a really cool movie 
was under the skin. Did you ever see that? Uh, with Scarlett Johansson? Mm-hmm. Where she, like, uh, lures the people in and then, like, removes their flesh and, like, wears their skin to, like, lure more people in to... It's, it's, it was, I remember really enjoying that movie because it was very, like, atmospheric. That movie was a weird experience for me because I kept falling asleep while I was watching it. It's slow, yeah. But not because it was boring. It was just, like, bad timing on my part. Mm-hmm. And I'd watch it and I'd be really tired and I'd go to sleep. So I had to watch it, like, three times over yeah. to finally finish it up until oh, the gotcha. end. And then it just went wild. Like, she's an alien. Yeah. Like, showing up to, like, abduct human men it, but like but it was a cool movie yeah i, think. Oh, I, I was i was i was like i remember i think it's david that showed it to me forever ago and just like and he was just like you need to check this out you've never seen this i was like well this is so cool it wasn't like scary per se it was just like kind of creepy like right. like the way like like she like like, like scarlett johansson plays that creepy like creepy seductive girl really well yeah she you does know what? it really well like it's like you can tell she's like looking at like prey every time all right, another podcast. We'll talk about this another podcast. If Scarlett I think, Johansson John. wasn't so like unappealing for me and like just a general sense, I feel mm-hmm. like I would do more on her work mm-hmm. because she loves sci-fi shit. Like she's on record saying that she loves doing science fiction work mm-hmm. and like horror things and like wants to get more into that. She's but, done she's done some yeah. really good she's worked on some really good projects exactly. and some good movies and I'm not going to if it's true I'm not going to deny her that. Right. I can't I can't do that. I just can't be like she did she did oh no, she did not do good work. Oh right. I'd like you know like she, my beef with her is more that like she could have given some roles to other people. Yeah, but more, I mean more does she but I mean I don't know if actors always have that choice. I think they do. I think you can say no to a movie if you if you're that rich. She has said no to a movie. Yeah. There was the other one there was one recently where she said no. I think she like learned her lesson, quote unquote. Yeah, exactly. You know, I feel like I feel like she like she caught on to what and I think that that's the point of growth. I think it's I think that she reserves at a redemption is what I'm saying, <laughs> John. Let's redeem Scarlett Johansson. Fair. She 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 tried, she tried. I'll go and look at more stuff and then I'll 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 take your your uh decision on that. Yeah. At face value for that cuz I think you're right. Someone could have some sort of redemption. Yeah, they absolutely yeah. I mean people people uh people learn as they get older you this know? isn't people, like people, um like nobody lives in a vacuum you know yeah. we all have to experience the world unless you purposely shut yourself off from it you experience the world uh see kanye west <laughs> see, yeah there you go <laughs> next pot another podcast right, that's, <laughs> another that's pod- not even on this podcast that's a whole uh, we'll, separate we'll podcast. start we'll, we'll do our uh, celebrity uh pop podcast later right. we just what do read we think people magazine and <laughs> gossip about nah oh god i'm gonna vomit I don't want all the bad karma that like Joan Rivers had when she died just from like talking so much shit on people. Oh man. I, I want to, I, I really, I like, whenever I hear Joan Rivers, I just think of the time Guar was allowed on her show. That was great. And it's like, and that's it. That's all I think. That was about. so good. That's all I think. It was better than the, the Jerry Springer one wasn't as great. No, it just wasn't as good, but I loved everything about the Joan Rivers one. It was so like, it was so, so Guar. Yeah. <sighs> you know, I only recently found out what Guar actually stands for. Like someone else told me. Oh yeah, God, what an awful racket. Yeah. yeah. I feel like you mentioned it before and it just kept leaving my mind. And then someone mentioned it again and I'm like, that's fucking great that they ended up naming themselves. Yeah, they have that. like they have like a movie. They have a full movie out that they released in like the eighties, I wanna say. Oh, and it's just absolutely it's just like they have like a whole kid's show and everything. Right. <sighs> but you know, Guar isn't really a part of, you know, the horror movie discussion today. I mean, I think that moving on to teeth to vaginas or what? What is it? What is it? Vagina dentata. Yeah. So okay. So is, the other movie that we're talking about is Teeth, and one of the main things you need to know about it is the main character, um, actress, uh, character girl, 
<laughs> has uh, teeth in her vagina. And that sort of becomes like one of the notable things in the movie because multiple men end up having their penis just bitten off. Yeah, it, they're not normal. There's a reason why it happens, John. Yeah, and we we'll can, get into and we, it. Yeah, we can see that like many times. This is a very much like when we said that th- this was much more exploring the feminine side. Oh, and yeah. I don't know if I would call this horror per se. Maybe it's like body horror. Mm-hmm. Maybe like a little bit of body horror is involved. Maybe like that's the most I think I would say because I was never, I didn't feel like afraid. You know what I mean? But you know I also, what? what? I feel like that's more of, an expression of who you are as a person. You were not afraid to watch a movie that included the mutilation of someone's penis. Why would I? Well, see, that's a good thing. A it's, dude okay. who a dude who watches this and is terrified by that might have something to say about that person because they're immediately afraid that this might happen to them. That they might. Well, I okay. All right. I see, see what you're what, saying. You see what I'm I, 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 I see what you're getting at. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So I think yeah, no, in some I, way you're you're not viewing it that way because you're like, no, I get the message behind yeah, the movie. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's don't don't rape people. Obviously, yeah. Don't, <laughs> it's pretty. I think that's pretty obvious. Like that right. should just sort of be a a thing. You know, oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure that it is well, a kind of was, a thing, or at least should be. That's yes. a whole other discussion. That's not for this podcast, John. Well, no, no. This movie <laughs> is explicitly talking about uh, consent. Yeah, that's true. No, you you're, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Uh, the teeth only actually go on whenever she does not want to have sex with the person she's yeah it's a literal like body defense it's yeah yeah it's an oh yeah they call it an adaptation she when she starts searching it she calls it an adaptation or a a mutation oh my god so you know what that's a really cool distinction because if you so if you named it anything else besides adaptation it would be like like detrimental as in like this wasn't something that she wants but she has control of what's going on there. So it is in fact an adaptation and that'd yes. be an accurate, like scientific way to say it. Mutation can carry a uh, negative connotation to it. Whereas she starts thinking of it as a good thing to have. Yeah. As well. Like later on in the film, um, her opinion of it at first, she's very afraid because well, like the, you know, she basically is starts off being a very, uh, very, uh, what was it? Like very pure. Like she's part of like, basically it looks like a little church groups is like, you know, my, my, you must maintain my purity. My virginity is a pure thing that I must keep forever. Yes. Et cetera, et cetera. She has that philosophy going on. And so she starts hanging out with a guy who claims to have done the same thing and he's in there and then they go off for a swim. She does her bathing suit thing, which is a point. The amount of clothing people have in this movie is a thing I'd like to bring up because I have a theory, Okay, but I'll get to that later and you can, Talk to me about it when you remember, because I won't remember. You can just go into it now. I want to oh, know what that ab- is. All right, all right gotcha. Yeah. So, so throughout the movie, people um, have uh, less and less clothes as the movie continues onward, except for at like the ending. Like men and women. Yes. Throughout the movie, they start everyone like it's an entire troop of like yeah. clothed people, and then the more and more like sexual that the uh, the main protagonist gets, hmm. but the less clothes the men have, the less clothes the women have. Yeah. Even so far as up to like just like scantily cladness. And it's sort of like I feel like that's sort of like a metaphor for maybe loss of innocence. Oh. And it's especially reflected at the end of the movie when she just okay, when she does the thing with the brother, stepbrother. Oh stepbrother, yeah. I want to say. Yo, so we'll we'll get into that in just a second. Cause yeah. that's like yeah. Well, the whole wait. But that's my my theory is that is that the loss of clothes is also the shedding of innocence. So I want to comment that so that that comment right there about the loss of innocence 
that that's easily the most common descriptor I've ever heard as far as like English classes and like analysis and things like that because everyone always guesses that something is like a loss of innocence but in this case I think it actually applies where it's like where it's like they are they are really talking about uh it's like a coming of age story for her as well in addition to her being like more comfortable with her own body and then I think you're right. I think there's a, there's some merit to the theory about the clothing. It's also in how they film things. They censor a lot of stuff as well. I I've no, I just noticed this in filming. I'm also sort of a pervert, so you know, there's that whole aspect as well. <laughs> so you know, as like, so there's that that point of view. But um, I noticed that like she's very very clothed in one thing, and in some motions she's covering herself up a lot. Yeah. And there's some where even the male is covering her up. The second, the second guy that she hooks up with in the movie is covering up her breasts and whatnot, and is like censoring that in the film. Oh, so later we get on, that censored view. later on, yeah. there's a scene where she's examining herself full frontal in a mirror, and she's like looking at herself and like examining her body, which shows like a comfortability and like you know, sort of like as she's starting to like understand and like like basically like realize her sexuality at this point. Okay, and then how she can, and then she starts figuring out how she can use it, right? Sort of deal because she has the teeth. Plus that aspect, so it's almost like a loss of innocence in itself, throughout right. the force. And it's but the thing is, it's also taken from her. Yes. So because it's taken from her, because she meets up with the guy, they go off and do the swim, and then uh, he attempts to rape her. Yes. Under the waterfall, uh, and w- in doing so, her vagina bites the end of his dick off. Yeah. And then he dies because you bleed out when your dick's bitten off. I thought. I might be thinking of something different. I thought it was his finger, but I, he did actually. Oh, in the beginning of the movie, the brother and a protagonist, young protagonist, are in a pool, and he attempts to touch her there. The main actress is Jess Wexler as Dawn. Dawn is the name of the character. Okay, thank you. I always, I yeah, I, I had a double check for all of those listeners. I will always forget probably all the characters in a movie, but I remember what they do. and that's and that's really and like so names please remind me yeah uh but yeah so don uh uh, what um uh where was i what was i going off of what was what was i what happened with the finger oh the finger so don and her brother are in are in a pool together yeah uh and then uh her brother whose name i also forget uh attempts to basically i want to say as a child or something along those lines attempts to finger her or something or touches her down on her vagina yes and gets bitten by the teeth that's it that's what i was thinking and so he references that multiple times in there so i guess you could say that it was like a molestation early molestation of her but at the same time i'm kind of like well i mean i don't even think that either of them would know but i don't remember how old the younger brother is in that sense because if he's a lot he looks like he's significantly older so probably fucking knew what he was doing oh yeah he sort of deal so was, yeah. there's like uh it, a lot of it's about sexual assault yes a well so so def so it was it's about sex it was about consent specifically about like what sex would be like for women or anyone who has a vagina and then uh but it also decided to turn certain things on its head so like one uh Obviously, it's going to be terrible if a sexual assault happens. But in this case, she had a defense mechanism. And so it brought to life the real like percussions of not adhering to someone's consent. And in this case, you literally lost your dick for not listening to someone's no. And so I can see why this movie was unappealing for for straight men who were watching it, who were like, I don't want to fucking watch a movie about my dick getting bitten off. But that's the point. Like the whole point was the movie was definitely commenting on that. And I think they kind of got stonewalled for it. 
Like they were uh, talking about shit people are not comfortable with. And so they were like, oh, this movie was terrible. Even though it got really good reviews, did well. No, critics really liked it. Audience, yeah. like, fa- fairly liked it as well. Um, like, you know, about the uh, probably, like, mostly non-male audience right. really liked it. Haha. Um, I actually <laughs> really enjoyed this movie. I thought it was pretty cool. I thought there were some actions on the main protagonist that I didn't like. As, like, maybe as, like, a feminist statement and whatnot. It's uh, metaphors, like, the metaphors and um, whatnot are very, very good. Oh yeah, and like analogies and what they use strong yeah. metaphors in it, mm-hmm. like uh, like in the beginning when she has like a purity ring that's given to her by this church group. Loss of innocence, right? Yeah, exactly. So they're so they're already more pushing. loss of clothing, also technically because it's a ring. <laughs> well, okay, <laughs> dang, you're just you're just connecting all the pieces in here. So so one, obviously, the purity ring is meant to represent her virginity and whether or not she's going to give anything up. Ironically, she loses the purity ring when she goes back to check on the dude's penis, who's just—it's just floating in the water, and like a crab is like eating at it, and then she loses her, <laughs> she loses the purity ring at that point. But even so, this is such good commentary on what virginity is to begin with, which is that it's like a social construction. Like, there's no like scientific backing up for like there's a significant change for anything that's going on there, like. Virginity, I feel like, and this is my opinion, so don't like go research it. I think virginity was created by dudes who thought their dick was so important that it changed somebody as soon as it touched them. That's like the main reason why they created that idea. There's a bunch of movies. I I can only think of one movie right now, but there's a few of them that explore characters that are exactly like this. Right. Where they believe that like every, like they, um, Chasing Amy comes to mind. Oh, dang. Chasing Amy comes to mind. I love, that's one of my favorite movies. Like, one of my, like, top ten favorite movies. Really? Yes, absolutely. That's a surprise for me. I don't know why. It's one, it has, like, one of the most, like, some of the strange, like, the most honest dialogue when it comes to, like, human relationships and things like that and how people interact. It has, like, some of, like, some really hilarious moments, too. Some really funny, like, funny conversations and whatnot that are really spoiled by, like, low, like, audio production and stuff like that in my opinion like bad audio just ruined a lot of that movie oh not not I like not, not it's just because you can't hear what people are saying and so you miss a lot of the wit and stuff like that you know and uh but you know aside from that but um relating it back to uh teeth in that it's um exploring the uh, concept of uh, men who believe that the first woman they have sex with is some sort of like they have like you know, and, and I don't know what they've like graced them with the glory of their phallus. Yeah, some some nonsense they have anointed in them, and now they are blessed. Oh my God, Freud would have a field day with this one. Oh fuck, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> no, fuck him, and I, I'm very glad that he's dead. Because <laughs> uh, he was. Uh, I'm 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 so glad to see that his work is getting overturned like so many times over now in the future. Where we're like, well, this dude was a fucking weirdo. Uh, Definitely in regards to like how he was like, everyone has penis envy. Like penis envy is a thing. Women want penises. We all want to have a penis. And like, that was like his main point for like everything. Yeah. He also did a lot of Coke. (laughs) (laughs) That's also a thing. Well, this was when they were just prescribing it. They were like, and then he like, he like dissected a whole bunch of eels to prove. I don't remember what the way he was trying to prove when he did. I think he dissected a bunch of eels to prove that they have dicks or something like that. I don't know. It was really, it's a very strange experiment that he's noted for. And it kind of, discredited him a little bit from what i remember that's so weird um but 
Uh, but yeah, relating it like back to that, I, the idea of you know like men believing they're gracing women with their first time and it being some sort of that's always been of weird. Passage. Right, yeah. I don't I don't understand it either, but I mean it is it is a it's it is like a uh, what do I say it's a um it's an ideology that exists though. Yeah. It does. I mean it wouldn't be created in film if it did not exist at some point or you did not see it. We create we create art based upon what we have seen. Well, I think that one specifically was was predominant and mainly seen because the majority of people who are making film is male dominated. And so of course they want to be making films where like the men are usually the heroes and wanting to be in charge and the ones who do everything. And so everything is sort of a weird phallic reference. And so that is definitely done on purpose. And I feel like only in like certain like niche groups or like people who are doing indie films. And then now a little bit more in the mainstream, we're starting to see some more representation. It is not all doom and gloom right? for the sexes. You know what I mean? I think that we get, we get that like talked about a lot where it's like, where it's like, you know, it, it's not like the best, but roughly everything is improving at a slow rate. Yeah, you know what I mean, people are getting more loud and more vocal, and pe- and guess what? They're getting listened to. They are, they are, and they are not. Are not. Yeah. In some ways they are, and in some ways they're not. And it's just, it's an ever-ending fight, and it's been a fight forever. If forever. You want to go and look at the numbers for like who's working in film, like in the film industry, mm-hmm. as far as like men, women, people of color, things like that. Um, a teacher, one of my teachers at San Diego State has been has been doing a study for 20 years where she counts the amount of women that show up in mainstream media, like the top 250 films, I think. And she has a study called The Celluloid Ceiling. That'd be something you should check out. And I'll put a link to it as well. It's, it's good just to go look at the numbers. Mm-hmm. Currently, what we have now is that men dominate like 90% of the film industry. Crazy. I so know. everything we're seeing now is purely just from the ideas, like main ideas of men. Like we're like the dudes are the ones who have been, they've, they've had a grip on the film society since like the early thirties. Like, Oh yeah. And then never, I mean, they were dominant then. So it's, they, they were dominant in every industry. You know, what's interesting though, is that the heyday for female directors was all the time before that. So like the silent film era into when they started doing like the talkie films and then like into the twenties and then the beginning of the thirties. That's when you'll see the best female director movies besides randomly scattered ones that are released nowadays. Like we would get consistently good ones. Like you can go back and look at like Greta Garbo's work and she did an amazing like set of movies. Like one of the ones I saw recently was Queen Christina. Never, I have never heard of any of these movies before. Go so. watch Queen Christina because it'll completely surprise you with how you contemporary should, it is. Should leave a link for it down in this video. Right. I'm going to have so many things. Yeah. In there oh, so many links. You know what? Speaking of, um, silent film going to talkie and while we're on a wonderful tangent i want to talk about the artist also yeah that movie is so that's a really fucking good movie yes uh, i if you listeners if you happen to uh respect the history of film at all (laughs) and happen to just just like a good movie that's also kind of like a uh, retro take on like silent film check out the artist it won an oscar i'm pretty sure but absolutely worth watching this is the film that was made like now modern day but it was in black and white Mm -hmm. okay i'm thinking of the right one then yeah that was definitely a good one what award did it win i do not remember i think it was like there's probably a performance actor performance or uh maybe screenplay or something along those lines speaking that's something i'd have to look up actor performance uh remy malik won best actor for bohemian rhapsody oh wow 
Yeah. I did not see Bohemian Rhapsody. I mean, the movie sucks, but good for him for winning Good that. for him for winning Yeah, that. <laughs> but it was still like, it was so weird to watch him win that because like everyone was in agreement that the movie was like a complete lie about the biopic of I who don't Freddie even, Mercury I don't, was. Here's the thing. I have a really controversial opinion. I don't give a shit about Queen. Me neither, actually. I've been like, every time I hear Bohemian Rhapsody, I kind of get a little cringy. I just kind of like, <laughs> well, I've I don't heard this song. song I don't want, yeah, I don't. I don't want to fucking, I don't want to fucking hear Queen songs. I mean, Freddie Mercury, great voice and everything. And he did a lot of good stuff for this song. I just don't care about the music. I only care about Freddie Mercury because he was a member of the queer community. And so at that yeah, time, I mean, I, yeah. and I guess but that's, that's me. That's personal. Yeah. And I guess that's, and that's if you're part of that community and that's, and that's what you're looking for in a hero, then fuck yeah, man. Go for it. <laughs> I think I was just like, yeah, fuck yeah. Remy Malik and not yeah. like anything else because yeah. he, he's done so much good shit. I wonder how they're going to do the Elton John biopic. Oh fuck. I didn't even know they were doing one. That that's that's that they just released but, a trailer like, he's for it. Still alive. Yeah, I know that he's still alive, but <laughs> oh wow, that's weird, isn't it? They usually do it when they're dead. I mean, Not but oh, well, here's well, the, well, the thing is, I mean, he's also super old. He is very old. He's really old. I don't know. Does Elton John still perform? I don't think yeah. he tours. Oh, he probably still does. Yeah, I don't think still he would performs. stop. No, he wouldn't. He's not one of those people. He's never gonna. I stop. feel like he'd have a really like flamboyant movie though. That would be really oh, yeah. flashy and fun to like watch. So I guess maybe a biopic of you know him. Maybe he was he's just in jumping on. Kingsman. He was in the second Kingsman movie. I never watched as himself. Like I did not see any of the Kingsman movies. They're worth it. They're worth. Yeah? The, they're worth the watch. All right, all right. I'll check yeah. them out. I'll check them out. The first one is way better, but like the second one has Elton John in it, so like you you should just go watch it for him. He plays himself. He gets kidnapped by like the villainess of the movie, and like she keeps him there because she likes his show and just forces him to play. <laughs> like that's that's what that's why he's in that movie, and it's really fucking funny. That's really funny, right? It's but, like, uh, oh, God, like seeing Tim Minchin in Californication. Did, oh, you, did you ever watch that show? Yeah. No, Tim Minchin just like yes. follows around. He's like, you need to be writing this album for my, for right. whatever it is. And Tim Minchin's just all fucked up and like, oh, I God, it's so funny. All right. Well, <laughs> anyway, but yeah, right. tangents. So back to, back to teeth. Well, okay. So we I wanted, analyzed the shit out of it. Well, there's one more thing I wanted to talk about. And it was something that you brought up that there is apparently a lot of folklore and myths surrounding whether or not like a goddess or any sort of female character has teeth in their vagina, but they take on many forms. But one of the ones that stuck out to us was what happens to, what was it? Maui? Maui. Yeah. So we know Maui now, like in like the zeitgeist because he was in Moana. Yeah. He was in Moana and just, I mean, and just in like Hawaiian or I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know the correct terminology for media, not like actual, like real folklore. But yeah, but in actual folklore, Maui is the trickster God. He is, he's the Loki. He's the insert, insert other trickster God here of all the other cultures, but he's that guy. Yeah. And so his whole deal with this one is that he transforms into a snake and he wants to crawl. His idea is that he's going to somehow reverse the birthing process and give mankind immortality by sneaking into the vagina of uh, the goddess, the of goddess of night and death, night and death. So just stop right there. First of all, why are you fucking with the goddess of night and death to begin with? But he is another trickster God. So whatever, let's just assume he thinks everything's going to be all right. So what happens to him? Well, he tries to sneak in. I'm not sure uh, exactly what the creature is that notices him. Something notices him though. It's like a Piki Kakawara. Uh, I'm pretty close, I think. A Pawaka Waka? A Pawaka Waka. Yeah, there we go. So it's a a Pawaka Waka. I have no idea what that is because I've never. I don't either, actually. I was never part of this this cultural group of people. 
I was at Hawaii like it once. It could just be. Like, it, it could be. It could be an animal that's native to the area. That's yeah, all I'm gonna something guess. notices the snake though, and he and while he's and it wakes up the goddess, and then she crushes him with her obsidian vagina. Obsidian, obsidian teeth. teethed vagina. <laughs> so this stood out because uh, this isn't just like specific to this movie by itself. Like there's some actual folklore, like not only in Maori culture, but it's also like. In Hinduism, there's also some in but, like oh the oh I've read I read a few of those. Yeah. The other fun one is the uh, I think it's is it shoji or is it not shoji is not the word for it. I think I believe it's Japanese in origin. I think yeah. it's Japanese it's, or, or I got it right here. It's uh, Ainu and Shinto legends. Yes. All right. So in the Shinto one, there is a demon that d- gets into a woman's vagina and then grows teeth inside there that rips off the dicks of two women that she of two men that she sleeps with, and then one, the blacksmith crafts an iron like cock wrap to break the teeth of the demon <laughs> that's <in> the <laughs> and beat it out of her with his cock wait <laughs> let me back up a second so so she has teeth put inside her that she does not want a demon and so the a demon. demon infests her vagina with teeth that rips off the dick it's a legend that rips off the dicks of two men that she sleeps with and then the village blacksmith is like, we'll get out that demon. And he crafts a cod piece to slip over the dick that's made of iron to break the teeth of this demon. I have to read this little excerpt that's right here. The legendary iron phallus is considered <laughs> that enshrined at the Kanayama Shinto shrine in uh, Kawasaki, Japan. And there, the popular festival of the steel phallus is held each spring. Also, prostitutes consider that praying at that shrine protected them against sexually transmitted diseases. <laughs> Yo, so not only did the Japanese just one-up everybody, they decided to have a festival for it, yep. and they still do it every year during springtime. <laughs> Apparently pretty funny. All right. Dang, I didn't know it was such yeah. a universal kind of thing. But Pray to the gods for... I don't know. I feel like the Japanese have the coolest demon stories. I'm not going to lie. They do have pretty cool demons. I think it's just because, like, their folklore is super old. And, like, we don't really have that, like, here in the United States, really. They've just had a very uh, Japanese, like, culture in general. Like, their art and whatnot is also, like, I mean, a lot of anime is really violent. I'll use that. That's a really common one. But even, like, their older, like, their older paintings with that, a lot of, like, a lot of, they had a very, like, warring, like, past keeping their, like, you know, keeping to themselves. Well, they were feudal Mm -hmm. for a long time. Oh, yeah. It's same with, like, China and, like, a few other countries yep. where they were just fighting each other because families wanted control of certain areas. I mean, it was kind of like, yeah. You know, yeah, exactly. It was all internal struggle sort of thing. But, right. you know, it was, like, it was a struggle nonetheless. <laughs> well, I'm glad we were able to get into some of those uh, folklore and mythology tales because those are crazy. Oh, I yeah. didn't read all of them, so I'm glad you brought up the Japanese oh, one. Oh, yeah, those are the partic- those are the, the ones that stood out the most to me. <laughs> So ultimately, do you think Teeth was a good film? I, I would think you recommend it. I I really all right. So the only part that lost me was when she was when she lures her brother. That was the only part that lost me initially. Was like why oh, yes. why did she? About it. Yeah, she basically like so she goes through like three different guys. She goes through the one that tries to rape her, bites his dick off. Yes. Then she hooks up with a guy who's sympathetic to her, but is only doing it for a bet. And when she finds out that while fucking him bites his dick off and then the, which is fair oh, the second one she goes to have her vagina 
looked at and the uh, gynecologist gets really handsy and like just puts his bare fist up there and then she loses his... all of his fingers and then she rips all his fingers off so that's sort of like a say to doctors don't fucking molest girls while you're taking care of them right that but don't 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 fuck with them why that makes me think of um there's there seems to be a lot of people who have told stories of uh, uncomfortable stories about visiting the gynecologist they, they apparently there's never been like a lot of good gynecologists, especially if they're men, which makes you wonder why the hell are you taking up that job in the first place? Well, I guess I shouldn't wonder, but like, yeah, I, I guess it's kind of, yeah, exactly. But, shit like that. Yeah. But I mean, why aren't you taking, I mean, you're just, it's a, it's a health profession. I don't understand why, you know, I would imagine that there would be like, that they'd be like, this is like a female situation, you know what I mean? Where they have girls that understand, you know, that, but even then, like, you know, meant they should be educated because they're fucking doctors. So the the scene with her brother did seem I can't is he her stepbrother? I think I'm getting it wrong. I feel like it was the only thing that I didn't quite understand and I think I missed something. I think the only thing that I've got is that he touched her vagina in the beginning of the movie and then he got bit then. Yeah. So she looks back on that and figures it out and is like, "Well, I'm just going to get my revenge from forever ago." And then she does that. And that's like the only thing I think is like she loses her innocence completely and then uses it to straight up like destroy somebody like on purpose. Because all the other times were not purposeful. She didn't even know she, the first time she had no idea that it was going to happen. Not that it shouldn't have happened. Just that she oh. didn't know. Oh, you know what? Get this. Here's a good excerpt. Oh, OK. Uh, Dawn meets her stepfather and Melanie at the hospital and seeing her stepfather hurt and oh. hearing from Melanie how Brad told her to ignore her mother's cries for help earlier she becomes emboldened by her power and goes back home to seek revenge dawn okay. puts on makeup and goes to seduce her stepbrother in the midst of the act brad recalls that while still kids dawn bit his finger but it was not her mouth that bit him as he realized this dawn's vagina bites off his penis she releases it on the ground and brad's dog eats it spitting out oh, yeah, the genital pierced Actually, glands that was pretty funny actually because it so, just starts chewing it and he's like no and then it swallows it and it's got like a piercing and it. it's got like a prince albert right. bullshit in it and it's so, pretty funny two things about that scene this is the scene where you get the shot between her legs yeah and then just the, a just dick, the dick just drops out. out of her yeah. vagina <laughs> and flops on the floor and then you, the dog runs up to that and then the last then, scene yeah i think now yeah. that i understand right. I, I mean i did make that connection it's a smaller i detail. should have but it's yeah it was a smaller detail that kind of it was really rushed Right. In that movie, then for me to not notice it, and it did—they didn't make it as clear of a motive as I think it could have been. Could have been more like I'm gonna go do something. I don't know. I'm right. not sure exactly. But anyway, I thought it was an enjoyable movie. It communicated. It had definitely has its like it has a lot to say about consent and sex and like finding sexuality and like you know that sort of deal. And, oh yeah. Um, and then of course I also really liked how they played with the um, the loss of innocence as well. And that one and how they really like how they really like you like did that transformation of her as a character. So that was very good. Yeah. She ends up being, I guess, uh, more sure of herself by the end of the. Film. Oh, yeah. No. And then she like confidently just leaves her hometown, just books it on a car. Right. Which you can only assume at that point she knows how to use the teeth. And so like kind of what's going to happen next for her character is sort of like in your mind. But you know that she's all right. Like, she gets through the movie kind of okay, and I think yep. that was sort of the point, was for her to do something like that. And all the bad guys did not get through the movie okay. Right. So I'm always I'm always a fan for movies where bad people don't get away with what they did. Dig it. See, like, uh, uh, the girl with the dragon tattoo. 
you know what? I've only seen. Oh, you mean the first movie of Girl the Dragon Tattoo? Yeah, this is the whole yep, series. That that guy. Yep. Basically, what, the only thing you need to know about it, if you want to watch it, is that she gets revenge for anything that happens to her. Really well done for what she did. But it's like probably like I haven't. I've only seen the first movie. Well, okay. So, so the reason why I bring it up is because uh, I think if you have to include a rape scene in your writing, then you have weak writing. Hmm. With the exception that you are going to specifically have someone take revenge on that person. But that's just my personal opinion about writing, and I'm sure people don't agree with it. But I would never include one for the sake of just having it there for shock value. Yeah, it, it, it's all art is all about the context, who your audience is. Right. What is the reason for it being there? Does it move the story along? Is it actually doing something? Is it, you know, is it, you know, what is it? You know, is it just there to shock you? Then I, I, under, I understand exactly where you're coming from, and I generally agree. Yes. Right. I don't think there's really that many where I've been like, oh, you know, you can because you can always just imply. Yeah, you can always heavily imply instead of filming. There's a difference between filming a gratuitous scene where you make an audience like sit through like a fucking acted out rape scene. Right. Versus just implying that's what happens with like a shaking bed. I mean, you had that. So what's like, what is it? The scene from Psycho, like super famous scene. He like stabs her in a shower, but you don't actually see her get stabbed. Yeah. It's not like watching this blade sink into a belly and watch her guts get ripped out and everything. He doesn't do that. It just, it just is heavily implied with like the quick shots and the music. Yeah. Like the famous, Mm -hmm. like adding in (laughs) (laughs) of just doing that. So that's effective and they can do something like that. And I think that was like why they want to do something like that. So this movie wasn't gratuitous when it came to the violence, but they did it at very opportune moments so that you could definitely see what had happened, which actually makes me think of, so this is how I want to wrap up this podcast. I want to ask you, is there a movie that you watched that just, there was a scene that just stuck with you because it was shocking. It was violent. It was memorable in some way. Do you have a movie where you're like that movie for sure? I remember that part. And it may take a minute because I know there's maybe you pushed it, it down. It takes me a minute to do that. Well, well, talk about yours, John. What movie? What movie? I will reflect the question back to you. <laughs> so there's, I think there's two of them. One of them is from American Psycho. Okay. Uh, there's a scene where the girl, she has uh, like basically ran out of the hotel room where she's in with, uh, with jason bateman or whatever the fuck his name is uh and she runs out and is trying to run down the stairs makes it to the stairwell and goes all the way down and he runs out with a chainsaw and he's at the top of the steps and he waits like he's kind of like figuring out where she's gonna be and then he, he just, follows her around with the chainsaw yeah. she's coiling down the stairs. Oh, and then fuck. he lets it go and it gets her right in there like her midsection and you just see her the shot goes like down the stairwell to her body on the ground with the chainsaw like half in her and the next scene he's drawing that and then in the next scene he's drawing it it on the the table oh my god well that's when he delivers the famous line where she's like where are you going and he's like i have to like return some videotapes yeah like that's like what that movie was about (laughs) and like that was like one of the memorable ones for me at least the book was the book was great that was a great book yeah it's fucked up real really good uh satire of the upper class of the 80s right Mm -hmm. oh totally yeah there's um there's four pages where they discuss water. There is, huh? Mm-hmm. I totally forgot about that. That it's was pretty ridiculous. cool. It's that pretty was like funny. I feel like it was cool only because someone took the time to do something like that. They were invested to do something like that. Movies that have a scene that I'll never ever forget. I it's like there's so, I've seen so many movies like in my lifetime. 
you know what I mean? Like, I mean, we both have, you know I mean? I've sat and watched a whole bunch of them and I, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of cool scenes. I mean, but you'll always remember the, uh, the Patrick Bateman chainsaw chainsaw scene. Now, do these have to be things that I'm particularly like shocked by? No, it could just be memorable. Like you're like, yeah, this is definitely something I remember. Like I have a favorite scene like ever in a movie. The scene where Marvin gets shot in the face. In Pulp Fiction? Yes. That <laughs> that scene like there, like you'll all never forget like how shocking Yo. it is when John Travolta turns around and talks to him and then accidentally fires off like and then every and I'll never forget them going over to their friend's house, Qu- the Quentin Tarantino's house, and that entire like oh all God. the interaction of them trying to clean up that 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 whole like like section of the movie is just gold. It's just all so like all the interactions are hilarious. I'm so conflicted just, about liking that scene. I want to love that scene because it's hilarious and he goes through all of it. But Quentin Tarantino likes to say the N word so much in that scene and he just keeps doing it. And I'm like, Oh, cause I don't, I, I don't want to be upset about it, but it like, it's legitimate that he probably shouldn't be including it. Well, in his his, well then all, all, all you can, all you can gather from that is that the character in the movie is actually racist. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. You know, I mean, that's, that's it. I mean, that's all that I, that's all that I get from things like that. I mean, I try my best most of the time to separate the art from the artist. Yeah. Like I do that with Lovecraft's work. Oh, I dude. know that Lovecraft's a gnarly ass racist. You know what he I mean? Was. But his, but his, but and but at the same time, I'm sort of like, well, I can still enjoy like the Cthulhu mythos. I can still think these weird demons and stuff are freaking awesome, and I can still use them in other art and still enjoy reading the stories. Like the Alchemist is a great story. Rats in the Walls is also a pretty good creepy ass story, right? Despite despite all of the awful language that's in it, you know what I mean? And it's just it's a product of its time for sure. But it's pretty interesting that somebody came up with horror concepts like that. Like that, then he was he was like posthumously taken away from like a lot of awards. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I'm sure. I'm sure because there's a whole bunch of a whole bunch of stuff on him and whatnot. He was also like a recluse. He never like liked to go out and talk to people. He was just a very strange human being. Well, as yeah. Well. I mean, I, and read all this. Uh, yeah. I one, something that was said to me not too long ago that I do take to heart is that if we got rid of all of the art that was by bad people, we wouldn't have that much art. Ah, I would counter that. I would say we'd have a lot of art. We'd still have a lot of art, but yeah. there's a lot, I mean, maybe less good art. There might be. <laughs> Bad people make some really good art. Man, now you're getting into like what is good art. But what is, yeah, like, exactly. yeah, exactly. And it's sort of like a, it's sort of like a, I really enjoy like Lovecraft stuff. I liked it too, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's just, but like, but I recognize I think that I fact. liked the idea more of the mythos that he created. Yeah, exactly. Like a whole world that mm-hmm. he was kind of just writing in. And so that's like a good strategy if you want to create something mm-hmm. to like sort of create the universe that all these things exist in. And for him, it was these monsters that lived in space and like would give you un like, or disguise themselves as other people or disguise as people. And they would give you this knowledge that would just drive you crazy. Like that was the main thing that mm-hmm. you got from that. But let me see. I'm thinking now, like one of my favorite scenes ever from a movie is still from Pacific Rim. Mm-hmm. So, the one with giant robots fighting yes, giant I know, monsters. I know this movie. For anyone who doesn't know what it is, just just go watch it if you like Godzilla movies because you'll enjoy Pacific Rim. Pacific Rim has the scene where it's the first um, outing that the girl and the guy have in uh, Gypsy Danger, the main like robot that they're using. And they're fighting off this monster in the city and they're just having like a shit tough time trying to beat it. And they think they're about to win and this thing grows wings and carries them like out into the atmosphere and they're so they're above the earth so you see the sun the earth 
them. This thing has just grown wings and they're completely out of charge for like their weapon. And so one of the characters, the girl, she's Japanese. And so she decides to deliver a line in Japanese where she's like basically for her family is like the line that she decides to say. And the robot pulls out like a sword. Like, instead of using any gun or weapon, oh yeah, that's right. it just fucking pulls out a sword and cuts this thing in half. And you get to see a slow-mo shot of the monster getting cut in half while they're above the earth. And that was such an aesthetically pleasing shot to see that it's still one of my favorites for it's a movie. pretty great. Like, I, I do remember I could probably that list now. a few of them, but that's, like, up there for one of them that's really fucking good. And then Gypsy Danger drops down to earth and, like, crash lands. And, like, there's this huge area that gets, like, demolished <laughs> from it coming down like that. But that's what I remember. Yeah, it's a pretty good way to go out. Or no, do the characters? No, die? they survive. Oh, they survive. Yeah, that? they survive oh, that awesome. fall. I didn't. I, it's been so long since I watched. It's that in movie. the beginning of the movie. Like it's pretty. It's okay, pretty early gotcha. on. Yeah, I just. It's been so long. I think I watched it in theaters once, and that was it. Uh, so don't watch the second one. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, just watch the first one. It's good enough. The second one was fucking terrible. I don't know how they could just. It had John Boyega in it too, and like I thought it was gonna be really good. And like it just ended up being really shitty. I think it's because they didn't have Idris Elba anymore. Mm. He wasn't in it, and oh, I think gotcha. I think he fucking made Pacific Rim what it was for that for that movie because he's so badass in that movie. <laughs> but anyway, that's yeah. That was pretty much that's pretty much it. Awesome. Yeah, thank you for coming to talk about penises and teeth vagina. <laughs> demon dicks and teeth <laughs> right. vaginas. Right, it was demon dicks. That's what we ended up calling it at yes. the beginning. <laughs> Mm-hmm. They were demon dicks. That's what was in the door. Was and a demon dick. again, I want to remind everyone that this podcast is now available on Spotify, on iTunes, on Google Play Music, as well as SoundCloud and YouTube. And then we also have social media sites. So we're on Facebook and we are also on Instagram. So if you want to find any of those, all you have to search is bringing down the grindhouse and you'll be able to find this episode as well as the other three that we've done. And you'll just keep up with us. Subscribe talk to us send us questions fan mail annoy uh, us yeah pretty much annoy us because we're we're ready to start talking with people and start taking send me coupons for food right <laughs> that's so specific like what kind are you talking about like like free ice cream uh, somewhere anything just if it's if it's food you know what there's a lot in junk mail that surprises me like you get like a free dairy queen yeah just well you know but a lot of people just throw that shit away yeah. so just send me the unwanted coupons that you have exactly you know i'm uh <laughs> well thank you so much for listening and I hope you guys have a good night <laughs>